Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. This is the second part of my interview with Qualcomm researcher Ting Fang Ji. We switch gears to talk about 5G as it stands today and what the missing killer app is. I'm Roger Chang and this is your Daily Charge. Well, let's talk about 5G as it stands today because it's been deployed in various bands around the world. Uh, you know, the, obviously, if you watch TV or listen to the radio, you'll hear commercials about how amazing 5G is from all your carrier partners like Verizon and AT&T. I'm curious, after you know, spending years of development and hearing the hype and the, the interest in this technology, now that it's out there, now that it's live, do you feel like 5G has, has met that promise, has met that hype that, that sort of erupted uh, really in the years before this thing got rolled out? Uh, I think 5G is doing really well, actually. Um, we did some field measurements um, just for our, we're studying some new technology, but we want to not only test it in our lab, we just went to some operators, uh, a field, and we did some measurements. It's ridiculously good. Um, um, that's, of course, is for the deployed 5G system, right? I think in US, because of um, the spectrum uh, allocation, we're seeing this uh, super nice millimeter of deployment but on, uh, for the uh, lower frequency, um, you know, Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile, these guys just invested tens of billions of dollars, got the spectrum, you know, we're super excited. I think in US, this uh, wide area deployment will also come up very soon, right? So, but in some earlier market uh, that operator deployed, um, it's really amazing. Um, compared to LTE, it's almost, uh, you know, 10 times the uh, throughput. So that's, uh, that's super fast. And also this, you know, um, we've seen a huge pickup now on both, uh, you know, uh, V2X side, you know, for, for cars, smart transportation. Uh, really, this uh, market is picking up 5G-based um, uh, vehicular to uh, infrastructure or, or car-to-car uh, communications. Now we're looking at, uh, you know, uh, V2P, which is car vehicle to person to pedestrian communications to improve the safety. And uh, also on the smart factory side, we are collaborating, uh, you know, with uh, Bosch, Siemens, uh, some of the leading manufacturers, um, you know, testing out uh, the 5G capability. So if you say that the impact, have, have we felt it yet? Um, you know, we felt it on the smartphone side and uh, we haven't felt so much in the other area yet. But I remind you, each G is 10 years, right? We are in the third year of uh, 5G deployment. You will feel you know, the power of 5G, when the, you know, hundreds of billions of dollars actually get invested in the network. So that's when you will feel the full power of 5G. So uh, what we're feeling now is um, uh, just part of, uh, you know, part of the 5G wave. Uh, so, you know, a lot of good things are coming up. Yeah, I think that's been kind of the issue is that, especially when you compare the rollout to I guess the sheer amount of marketing about the trumpeting, how great 5G is, it's game changing, it's all this. But I think for a lot of people, and, and particularly here in the US, and I'm taking a very US-centric view here, I'm guilty of that. But the, the 5G speeds here, you know, they run on those lower frequency spectrum for the most part. 
haven't been as impressive as initially promised, right? There, it's not like you've got millimeter wave connections everywhere. Those are only in hot spots, and really, over the last year, not a lot of people were at those hot spots. So th- th- I think there's that there's a bit of that disconnect where there's a lot of this promise or this this focus or attention about how great it is, but when you actually have it in hand and you're using it, you know, it's good. But like, is it is yeah. it like the step up from what it was from? Because I I still remember when. I went from 3G to 4G and like the huge speed boost that I got just immediately, yeah. right? With 5G, yeah. you're not really seeing it unless you happen to be in like the right part of the town and it, it's it's kind of like finicky. Well, I, I think we're on the right track, Roger. It's, uh, uh, you know, FCC is releasing 250, 280 uh, megahertz of spectrum. Right. That's huge, right? This, this is all really, you know, beachfront property. These are really good spectrum that the FCC is releasing. And I think U.S. consumer will see that very soon. So I, you know, actually, you know, we are all super excited. You know, at Qualcomm, and we're working with operators, try to make it, uh, make the rollout, and make the user experience really, um, you know, a, a stepping, um, uh, like a step function change uh, yeah. compared to what I mean, we had before. We've talked to Verizon and AT&T. They're they're clearly racing to get some of that spectrum. Exactly. And actually, yes, using that. A, so hopefully, we'll race. see some of those big boosts. Um, and you, we're talking about applications you talked about uh vehicle application in particular like uh, in terms of that that uptake of that like where like where, where exactly are we on like are we gonna see cars with you know v to c technology or v to p technology like anytime soon or is that still kind of in that next wave of 5g deployment that's coming in you know two or three years um i think this is um, um different markets are different and uh, typically auto industry it takes uh, take them a, a bit longer time to adopt sure. new technology, right? So I think uh, you know because of the safety, you know because of special regulations. So so it takes. Uh, we do expect it to take a little bit longer time, but once they adopt it, it's here to stay. So that's sort of um, you know the, that's a difference from consumer market to our, we change our phone every two years, and you don't change your car every two years, right? So, um, yeah, so I think in terms of ramp up, you will not see as quick a ramp up uh, as a smartphone adop- adoption of uh, 5G, but, um, um, but it is coming. And uh, for Qualcomm, I think our chipset, there are a few manufacturers already announced, you know, um, you know in their cars, they will uh, have, you know, use our uh, V2X uh, chipset. And, uh, you know, the market is coming up. And also for, for, for this uh, car-to-car, um, communication to work, you actually need the infrastructure, something called roadside units, right? These are like a smart traffic light, essentially, right? You also put a chip like that, uh, you know, like the V2X chipset in this uh, smart traffic light. Now you can actually, even if you are the only car in the street that has this uh, uh, V2X technology, you can already benefit with a lot more information, with a lot of, a lot of intelligence, right? So you don't have to wait for all the other cars to actually also have this chipset. So there is a deployment strategy issue in there as well. So who are going to pick up this uh, RSU market, right? That's, a, that's going to be a huge market, actually. Uh, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are um, getting ready to, just like the operators are racing to deploy 5G. Um, because of the promise of V2X, I think there will also be a war, a race to deploy these RSUs, which will make this smart transportation uh, actually a reality. Got it. And yeah, I mean, clearly that's been looked at as a key for putting more self-driving cars on the road and actually making them safer and being able to talk to each other. 
one one dilemma that I have with uh, with five G, um, and partly I think it's because the technology has not yet matured, is that we still haven't seen a killer app, and maybe that is self driving cars. But I'm, I'm curious if, uh, especially from your perspective and and the work and the research work you're doing, what killer apps are out there that really can, I guess, illustrate the power of 5G and the capabilities of 5G? Um, yeah, this is a topic I think we have been um, uh, discussing with our partners uh, closely for, for quite a few years, right? In terms of what new services you can enable. So uh, I already mentioned earlier, like 5G positioning is actually a brand new service. So for this, just think of, uh, it's almost like, uh, um, you know, GNSS, uh, these uh, global positioning systems, GPS or Galileo's, there are multiple constellations that's uh, used for positioning, right? But uh, as soon as you go indoor or you go to the you know, urban area, uh, really the accuracy becomes uh, not tolerable. So now if you have positioning signal on 5G network, essentially every operator has their own constellation. And you can walk anywhere you want to go. As long as you have 5G signal, you, you have the you know, equivalent of a GPS or even better accuracy. So that's a very new service that a few operators are ex actually experimenting on. And uh, but that's only for positioning. But another service that uh, probably has much higher profile, you must have heard about it a lot these days, is XR, right? It's, uh, yep. Virtual reality, augmented reality, mixed reality. So all these uh, XR technology uh, not only need awesome uh, multimedia chip that you know we're making, that, you know for the camera, you know for the rendering, um, but also you need low latency and wide area coverage. Right. So you, if you want, if you're limited indoor, indoor only, maybe Wi-Fi. You can run this uh, AR or uh, VR technology over Wi-Fi. It's a pretty good solution, but if you want to go outdoor and if you want reliability, you don't want interference from others, you need to run on 5G. 5G gave you this huge bandwidth, throughput, and low latency. Now you can split the processing. We call it the split XR, basically, because this what you're seeing, the field of view of uh, you know, VR or AR goggle is much higher even than the highest resolution TV you can have, right? And the processing power is the equivalent of the top-end gaming PC. You, there's no way you can pack it, um, you know, if it's really high-end, right? You cannot pack it uh, in the AR glass, right? Of course, AR glass, you know, the, the chip is evolving so fast. It's more and more powerful right now. But to actually save power, even if you can do it, to save power, you want to make push the processing, part of the processing, the less uh, critical processing, to the cloud, edge cloud, which is a part of the 5G technology, and uh, do the edge cloud processing, and then use 5G to ship it back, right? So 5G is a critical piece to enable this uh, XR. Um, this XR, in my opinion, is a next generation of uh, user interface that compared to our touch screen on our phone. Um, with AR class, I think uh, there will be next uh, revolution in this um, user interface that can be enabled by 5G. So right. that's, I was, I really think this should be the killer app for 5G, um, but uh, because there's so many elements uh, in this technology, so it will take a bit of time again. Uh, so when all the components come together, you know, we'll see this uh, um, 
awesome, you know, uh, XR technology that's powered by 5G. Yeah, and we've, we've had conversations on the show before about like mobile edge computing and having some of that processing take place, you know, kind of closer to the edge of the network and then faring it back to your device. I can imagine if there was a chip that was able to render images and, and fit into your visor, your head would probably blow up from just the <laughs> sheer heat that would be for us created from that. Um, exactly. I'm curious, uh, XR is sort of a good segue to talk about gaming because one of the, you know, the pitches that I hear from a lot of carriers is that 5G will help with gaming, particularly with the latency aspect. You know, you'll be more responsive, especially as cloud gaming like Stadia and Project Luna become a thing. I'm just curious what, I guess, what applications or what you've, you've looked into in regards to gaming and 5G. Yeah, and that's a very good point. Actually, gaming, in my mind, is a precursor of uh, this, uh, you know, wide adoption of XR. Um, because uh, in some sense, when we look at the requirement for all these applications, we do a profile. We you know, do a profile of downing speed, uplink speed, latency, jitter. So there are all these profiles. What you can see is actually gaming, uh, either gaming over a PC or gaming over a phone, over a home entertainment system, uh, is a subset of the you know, XR requirements. It has more relaxed uh, um, latency requirement and um, also resolution is lower, the throughput is lower, uh, what gets uploaded. Uh, also, you know, the uplink traffic is much less, it's only the controller. You don't have the, you know, we call some sixth off information, six degree of freedom when your head moves, right? So gaming is essentially, if, if we cannot handle gaming, there's no way you can handle XR. So gaming is more relaxed uh, version of XR. You can think of that way. In general, we call this low latency applications. So uh, we had in Qualcomm, we actually did uh, quite a few uh, prototypings of uh, gaming over 5G. So uh, if you come to our campus next time, we're actually going to show you some uh, real in-person uh, experience, both on sub-6, you know, on the 3.5 gigahertz wide area network and on millimeter wave. Huh. So, yeah, so we have um, you know, a lot of optim optimization that you could do for these low latency services on the modem side and also on the network side, on the application side. Um, so this is something, this is an extremely uh, hot topic and it's currently being rolled out. So uh, I think uh, we have um, um, both gaming and XR um, you know, trials uh, with some of the leading operators. Um, I think AT&T, Verizon, and uh, some of the big operators are actually working with us closely together with our partners. Gotcha. And then lastly, uh, you know, we talked about 5G Advance. That's coming later, two years or so. Uh, in the coming months or in the coming years, so uh, can you give me a tease as to how or if 5, the 5G experience changes for people? Um, in the near term, I think uh, um, for people in the U.S., Actually, the biggest game changer will be the massive deployment of uh, C-band, um, mm. 3.5 gigahertz, 3.8 gigahertz, um, you know, spectrum actually in US. So you will see a significant jump, uh, not only um, in speed, but also, you know, it's a response faster. So um, network will not be congested, right? Because you have so much uh, spectrum all of a sudden. You know, you will have tons of resources dedicated to you. So for smartphone users, you know, you know, look out for that. Um, this will be the type of, you know, you will have uh, easily 
um, you know, 300, 400 megabits per second um, throughout the network. So this is something that uh, we have measured in some of the 3.5 gigahertz network. So that's, uh, uh, that, that's amazing, right? So what that means is uh, all the HD videos, um, you know, it's, it's nothing. And you can also camp on, you don't have to use Wi-Fi anymore, right? So uh, even that, that we, everyone is online right now. So every time, um, you know, when I have these uh, video calls, clearly I need to have to have Wi-Fi to do that. Now you can walk outside, you can still use it, right? So the throughput and latency, everything is going to be a much big change. So if we're still virtual, we're online, your online experience will be a lot better. So uh, that's in the near term, in the you know, next uh, months, years. Um, even right now, I think actually on Qualcomm campus, we do see some of these, uh, uh, you know, we call it band 41, 2.6 gigahertz um, uh, 5G deployment, which has pretty awesome performance as well. That's a wrap for our two-part conversation. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to cnet.co slash daily charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening.